Board Gaming with Education, a podcast for anyone curious about how games and education mix. We explore various topics like game-based learning, gamification, and board games, and the impacts they have on learning. Here's your host, Dustin Stats. Welcome to another episode of Board Game with Education. This is the yearly update episode i guess we'll call it so (laughs) we're looking back at 2020 and we're looking forward at 2021 it's about the third week of the year and roger and i had a couple chances to meet and chat about 2021 so we're excited to share some details with you but before we do that i want to ask roger what was a challenge of the year 2020 Well, I I think, you know, retiring from teaching in August and then, um, you know, kind of stepping out of the classroom halfway through the spring semester, you know, and then going to a digital platform. But a lot of my stuff was already digital anyway, so I could have shifted, but my district did a lot of that stuff for us. Uh, I think that the challenge, maybe a little more of a disappointment was um, a lot of the board gaming I wanted to use my students was going to take place like after I came back from spring break and I was never able to to do that so I don't know if it was so much of a challenge but more of a disappointment because it was just obviously no way I could have you know thought of some way to do it and I think that maybe that still is kind of the challenges you know with, with what we're doing how can we help teachers homeschoolers and stuff like that um, use some of these with, with their students at home in, in an environment where they're not, you know, physically in contact with one another. Yeah. I think that the, <laughs> that's a loaded question to the biggest challenge in 2020. I think it was a pretty, pretty big challenge, challenge year. Like the whole year was challenging. Right. I, I still think it's still going to be, I, I mean, even cause it's the new year, this is, you know, not something that's just like, oh, you know, February, everything's going to be fine. I, I think we're looking at the this probably carrying on easily, in my opinion, through the rest of the school year this year. And then who knows what's going to happen in the fall. But, I, you know, it could very well carry into the fall as well into into the next school year. Right. Yeah, that would I mean, that is <laughs> that's something that I don't think a lot of us want to think about, <laughs> but it, it could be a reality. Is I think that's the reality of it, though. Yeah. We, we know, we can pretty much assume that this next semester for school is going to be different. It's going to be very much like this past semester. But then a lot of us have this hope that next school year will be back to normal. But, oh man, I don't want to think, think about it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a different normal, in all honesty. I think there's just some stuff, you know, may not be exactly the same way that you know hopefully maybe some new things come out of this as well you know some new ways to teach our kids but you know some of them they do need that in-person stuff i totally get it you know and i I understand some of the frustration but you know it's also the safety of everybody too that's got that's got to be in mind right also i'll share my challenge just to get past this uh Mm -hmm. sullen (laughs) sullen discussion on the highlights uh so my challenge was I guess settling into Los Angeles, I moved to LA. I moved back to LA from Taiwan in 2019 in November, actually September. Um, but we we kind of traveled a little bit and actually finally like moved back in November. Then this past year, I was able to settle in and it's been very different because it feels like we still haven't 
really settled into LA because the pandemic's been been this weird thing that kind of hasn't had us hasn't given my wife and I a chance to know what's going on in our lives and our careers. Um, it's I've been fortunate, so I'll, I'll go into my highlight now. I've been fortunate enough to be able to make choices like leaving the school I was at and doing board game with education full time and really putting all my effort into this. So that's kind of been my highlight. And again, I've been fortunate to have that opportunity to be able to do it. Um, but at the same time, it kind of, I kind of, I'm kind of in this uh, limbo space until we see what happens with board game with education. And also my wife, she works in the travel industry. So that's kind of a weird situation right now as well. So that limbo space is weird, but then at the same time, I'm looking at it from kind of a, I guess, silver lining where it's been nice to to work at Board Game with Education full-time and really look at ways we can help support teachers and homeschoolers and put more of my passion into what I do on a day-to-day basis. But how about you? What is What was one of your highlights for this year? Well, I, th- I think... Um... I think kind of, you know, joining forces with you has certainly been a, you know, cause it's something that I wanted to do when I retired. And, and for me, it was the challenge of, well, I had all these ideas, but how am I going to, you know, where do I always start, you know? Um, and so that was just kind of fortunate <laughs> that we kind of crossed paths and, you know, kind of throw it by you. And this funny thing is I recall you mentioned that you were thinking the same thing. So, um, I, I think that's definitely been a highlight, you know, with the challenge of, you know, trying to get this stuff into people's hands and, you know, promoting it and letting people know that we're out here and that this is a, I think a really has some tremendous potential for students, you know, is it just another way to learn, learn things. Right. And I would say, I, I really appreciate you helping me out and it's been super awesome to work together and be able to kind of move forward this mission of board games for learning so it's been a it's been a good year on that end for sure all right so i want to chat about 2021 before we kind of talk about some plans for board game with education what's one thing you're looking forward to in 2021 um i i think uh probably for me with some of the stuff that we have uh maybe new games that are coming out and you know, being able to create content for them and uh, maybe trying to find some more ways to use them and giving people, you know, more resources and um, more ways to incorporate it, you know, into their classrooms and stuff like that, I think is kind of my thing. Like I said, once we maybe kind of get back to normal, but I think that the thing maybe looking forward is maybe trying to find some ways to let people use them that are, you know, where it's physically not possible. Right. And I guess I'm going to piggyback off of what you just mentioned is that 2021, I'm looking forward to finding new ways to help teachers and homeschool parents or just parents in general look at board games in a new light. I think board game with education and anyone in this field, whether it's, just for a hobby or sharing your passion of board games for learning or even game-based learning is it's not a mainstream thing. And that's 
a real big challenge is to introduce parents to these new board games and show them, look at this game. You can learn something. Look at this game about the human cell that's actually enjoyable to play and you're learning something in the game too. Or look at this game, Monstrosity. It's a party game about drawing monsters and there's some aspect of memory in the game that is also beneficial to maybe elderly and retaining memory. And also, I just got a review the other day about Monstrosity and they played it with their four-year-old twins. And being able to incorporate this kind of uh, idea of following rules and engagement with their with their family members at that young age is really, really, I guess, a positive experience for for families. So looking at ways to introduce this idea to a broader market is is kind of always been a struggle, but I'm looking forward to coming up with ways to do that better next year. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, and, and it, I'm just going to piggyback off of something I thought it was, you just mentioned. Um, you know, I, I have a, I have another job working in a, in a local board game store here and uh, had a, a couple come in and they were looking for something for their son because they were, you know, I don't know if it was so educational, but just to try to change his, you know, or whatever, like have him try some new things, you know, instead of, you know, maybe the digital stuff. And so they were looking for a game in particular that we didn't, we didn't have, but we had a, we reordered. It was ice cool, which is this dexterity flicking penguins game. He really liked. So I was able to point him at a couple other games and I got to say, the, honestly, my my whole time working there since August, I think that was one of my more rewarding interactions with some customers, you know, and it was really nice when the, the mother said, you know, well, thank you. You know, you've been super helpful. And they were like, hey, can we come back? And if we don't understand how to play this and we're like, absolutely, you know, or call us or whatever. And But a couple of games that I showed them, uh, one of them was Drop It with the, you know, the shaped mm-hmm. pieces and they thought, oh God, that looks really good. And, you know, he'll probably like that. So I got that there was dexterity, but that, but there is options out there for, for kids to having them do this stuff. And I think there's some stuff like, you know, we've mentioned too, that maybe we not even say, well, you know, social skills and soft skills and stuff like that, that the games can do when you're not even really doing it as a lesson. So like, okay, we're going to have some downtime and we're going to play something, but we're being a little sneaky going, yeah, but you're actually kind of learning something too, you know, at the same time, but you don't even realize it because you're having fun. Right. So, right. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's uh, something that needs to be brought more to the masses, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I want to chat about what we're planning on doing in 2021. And that's one, I guess maybe we can transition into this and we're still kind of figuring out how to provide a different, way of providing content so looking at we have our podcast and we've done some live streams on thursdays i did uh, some youtube videos in the past so this next year we're gonna look at a way that we can provide content that's more i guess more open to people that aren't familiar with modern board games and also what is I guess, more helpful for teachers and educators and parents at looking at board games for learning. Um, So if you're listening and you have any suggestions, we're all ears as far as what what you think might be helpful. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's kind of one big plan that we have for next year. The podcast will probably be different after season eleven. Um, we're still looking at uh, maybe a video cast format where we do video episodes and then transform that video, take the audio and put it into a podcast. So that's one thing that's on the, I guess, agenda for next year, the yearly agenda. Um, and something we had chatted about was reaching out to our community and tapping into people that we've already talked to, people that have been on the show, people that you've spoke to, other co-teachers or educators, and reaching out to them and asking for suggestions. I guess one thing that we kind of were looking at is maybe teachers or educators that have came up with resources for games, and if they want to share them with us, we're creating an avenue for that. So that's still kind of in the works, is looking at how that how that can best be served both for our community and for those who contribute the resources. Another thing we kind of talked about is conventions. And I know you are very familiar with conventions. I am not so much yet. I hope this year to hopefully, I mean, it's tough because their virtual conventions are going to be very different, right? Right, exactly. And I I did a couple of them, you know, this past year. I mean, it was fun. But I mean, it's certainly, certainly a different thing and it doesn't replace, but I think one thing that might wind up happening is that, um, I mean, I think it's really hard to say when physical ones are going to, going to take place. I would definitely say the beginning of the year, I know a lot of them are already been canceled and going virtually. Um, I mean, all the way into March, I mean, I don't really know any of physical ones that are taking place at least at this point. And most of the ones I'm aware of that were, they've all been been uh you know tabled or pushed till later the year or whatever they're just you know they're just not doing that but that that there might be a virtual component you know with them so that's one of the positives maybe i've seen out of the convention stuff is that you know the whole point is yeah you definitely want the physical stuff right but some people might not be able to do that but they want to participate so that might give an avenue for some people and i realize that's more resources for the for the people that are doing the conventions. But I mean, in the long run, you're just pulling more people in that way too. So, right. You know, I think it's maybe worth their time to invest that, you know, depending, they got to look at those sorts of things. I get it. Right. And I guess our, or my idea and kind of something we need to outline a little bit more is our convention strategy and looking at next year. And cause that, that was my whole excitement last year was to be able to attend conventions and share board game with education with people at conventions and kind of really create a community at in within the convention network, I suppose, quote unquote network and have a space at most popular conventions or local conventions for board game with education that we can share with educators or people that are just there. And they're like, Oh wow, board games. I can use those for learning. I can use those for at home learning. I can use those in my classroom and to kind of share this idea and provide resources and maybe workshops and things like that. So I guess one thing that I had in mind for the ne- this next year, and I'd love to hear from you, Roger, or from anyone listening that's more experienced with conventions. is I was considering doing eight this year and four of them would be very much business based or work based. I'm there for work. I'm there for board game with education. I'm there for 
spreading that. I'm there for providing resources. I'm there for helping educators, whatever it may be. And then the other four would be very much for fun with some light networking. Because <laughs> right. I think no matter what, I mean, if you're if you're playing board games and you're at a board game convention and you do board games for a living, you're going to be networking. So mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Is that too many? Is that... Well, I don't know. It's hard to say. It, it might be, Dustin. I mean, I don't know. Um, I think we just really got to see, you know, how, because I mean, right now, I mean, we're just into early January, but you know, like I said, I'm aware of most of this stuff through March, you know, is even like, um, what do you have? Like Dice Tower West was canceled. Um, they had their, the Dice Tower cruise, you know, I don't know if that was something we would have probably done, but um, and then there's the Gamma Trade Show. I mean, that, you know, takes place in the city I'm in. Um, mm-hmm. That That's moved to a to a virtual. And I mean, I, I haven't really looked at a lot of the other ones, but I wouldn't, you know, I used to do a lot of stuff at the conventions last year when I worked for, worked uh, on another website uh, that I'm not with anymore. But uh, I, I can imagine if I went back and looked, I've got a calendar that has all the links to those conventions and stuff that it's probably a real similar thing. So you mean might do half that, you know, it might not be until later in the year. I mean, I mean, that's not a really definitive answer, but I think it's still so unknown. I guess, I guess I'm looking at, um, regardless of virtual or in person to do eight. So for example, let's say until, I don't know, let's, let's push it back to be more practical September. There are all virtual conventions until September. So that's like what the fourth quarter, I think maybe. Mm -hmm. So right. we would go to, what was that? Uh, can't do math, eight, six. We'd go to six virtual conventions, and then the last two for the year would be in person. Right. Um, I guess Possibly budgeting. Doable. Yeah, and right. budgeting is another thing that I'm not very familiar with. I know a little bit about how much it costs to go to a convention, but I'm not familiar with the actual cost because I haven't done one on the end of being a business person getting a mm-hmm. table or whatever, right. whatever expenses those are, uh, all together, the total cost of like a weekend. I know how much it costs for me as an individual because I went to PAX Unplugged and how much that cost for that weekend. Um, but yeah, that's something else that I think we will need to consider this year. I know Comic-Con in LA they 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 keep emailing me. I think they really want people to sign up for their tables. Um, they had emailed me a bunch last year when I was like almost ninety percent sure it was going to be canceled. Uh, and that is on for September. But again, <laughs> they canceled it like a month before it's going to happen. Maybe three weeks before it's going to happen last year when pretty much everything was closed already. So we we don't know. That's that's a very good point. This we we're not really sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're, we're dealing with a lot of unknowns right now. And it's just, it's just the way that it is, you know? So I mean, like not to say how many of these conventions are going to do digital ones again, too. You know, I mean, I haven't heard a lot of that stuff too. It's things we have to look at. And I think it kind of depends, like you're saying, the costs, it kind of depends where you're going. I mean, we're on the West coast. So if we're going to East coast, which I'm not saying all the conventions are, but some of your bigger ones are, you know, Gen Con and, um, like I said, PAX East and um, Origins and, you know, some of the other ones that, you know, we may have to focus on maybe some of the, there's a lot of really good small ones too uh, in a lot of local places, but maybe more, at least for now, 
seems to me we might have to stick more to more our geographical area provided they're doing anything right yeah la has has some good ones too that right are exactly local and, and right i think they have one every quarter too so <laughs> right we could mm-hmm. go to that every quarter uh yeah all right so i guess one thing for sure that we will be doing next year is expanding our resources and you had created the science-based resources and we chatted a little bit about that last last episode um what I will be doing is spearheading the English language, English language learning, English language arts resources. And those will be coming out hopefully by the end of the first quarter, hopefully sooner. Um, we're going to try to push that out as soon as possible. And that goes back to what we had mentioned is reaching out to teachers. If we have any teachers or educators or homeschoolers who are interested in looking at resources for some games and or suggesting some games we carry and having resources for those, um, please reach out to us. Uh, you can email us podcast at boardgamewitheducation.com. Um, we're looking to expand our community in a more, more hands-on approach, I guess, more teachers to help us. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you have any, any suggestions as far as, well, I, I like that idea of like, you know, people reaching out, like making suggestions, stuff that we could add. And then, you know, if it's something that I'm, you know, if it was science-based or something, I mean, I'm willing to grab the reins and, you know, create some stuff for it, you know, since I've, I've been kind of doing that anyway. So, you know, you know, and then I think that comes down to too, with the stuff that we already have, you know, the more feedback we get from people, the better too. Like, Hey, you have these resources. Um, we're kind of looking for this sort of a resource and cause, and that it helps us build. And then I, I can, at least for me, I could spring more of that off into, you know, other games we have like, Oh yeah, that's a good idea. You know, for this, like you have this resource we needed. And, you know, I think we're the, the like the point you said, I, you mentioned us and, the way I think we've always thought about this too, is that like, it wasn't one of those things where, okay, we can we create a couple of resources for this particular game and that's it. We want to add more, but we want to add more based on if we're people are saying, Hey, this is really useful. What else can we, we do? Or if they do, then I can go, Hey, okay, we'll add more things. So that's constantly going to be an evolving, you know, process that we're going to, we want to keep those things updated or maybe even the lessons we have resources we cre- that we have there that we update them or, modify them or whatever you know that it's a constant ongoing process right and that's i mean that reminds me of something we chatted about briefly and i've talked to my wife about too is hopefully this is i mean it's easier it's easier to say than actually do because it, it creating a form is a lot of work it doesn't just happen on its own you need a lot of people that are willing to contribute to the form too you can't just put it up and expect it to grow you kind of really need to nurse it and help it uh, come to fruition. And so hopefully that's another outlet we can kind of put out there. It's, again, something that we still need to maybe outline together. Or, again, if you're listening and you are really wanting to help grow our mission, please reach out to us. We can we can see how we can maybe work together. Um, but, yeah, I guess... That's that's pretty much it for next year. I don't know. I don't have anything else that is really standing out. Um, oh, I did want to mention, I guess I had talked about this before, and I shared a little bit before on season 10 
at the preview is World XP and our deck builder. So that's something I had worked on uh, early this year and towards the end of last year. Actually, really much, pretty much towards the end of last year, 2019. Um, it's very much an in-person thing. World XP is a gamification toolkit for educators or teachers. Um, uses employ some gamification and some game-based learning. And that's on, or it was on Kickstarter. I have it. So if you are interested, and I've mentioned this several times, if you're interested and you want to check it out, you can send me an email and I'm happy to let you have the print and play files. All I ask is in return is feedback. And then our deck builder that is also in the works. Um, again, it's an in-person thing. <laughs> and hoping hoping to kind of revisit that this upcoming summer. Um, but again, we'll, we'll see where the, we stand with that. But again, if you are interested, send me an email and I'm happy to share what I have with you. And if you want to take a look at it, um, the issue with that right now is there's a lot of uh, prep on the teacher's end for it. Um, I guess not a lot, but more than I would like the teacher to have to do. Um, it's more of a a gamification overlay onto a review lesson. So if you have a review study guide you normally have your students use, you can use this review deck builder as a way for your students to complete the study guide, compete against other groups, and then compete against a final boss. Um, but again, it's not it's not as streamlined as I'd like it to be. So it's it's there. If you are interested in trying it out, send me an email or World's XP podcast at boardgamewitheducation.com. All right. So if you could sum up 2020 in one word, Roger, and have one word for what you want 2021 to be, this is a very much a teacher prompt or like a right. professional development prompt. What right. would it be? Well, so I think 2020, 2020 was kind of bewildered. And then I'm just hoping that this year is better. I'm going to use two B words. <laughs> okay. Better. So bewildered and better. Um, I'm going to go with 2020 is tough. Mm-hmm. And then 2021, the first word that pops into my hand, <laughs> I have my head is hope, but that's yep. so like mm-hmm. cliche and Star Wars and Obama and like everyone that's used that word already. Right. But I'm right. going to stick with it because it's the first one that came into my head. So hoping that we can go to conventions, hoping that we can get back to in-person board games, hoping that, you know, all these great things are, are going to come back to normal, but yeah. All right. Roger, thank you again for yep. sharing some of uh, your experiences of 2020 and what you look forward to in 2021. If anyone wants to reach out to you, where might they do that? Uh, I think the easiest was through our Facebook group or at the email roger at boardgamingwitheducation.com. Probably the two best places to get a hold of me. Awesome. And our Facebook group, Game-Based Learning, Gamification, and Games for Education, we did share or ask some people what the last game they played in 2020, which was really cool to see some of the games that people played to ring in the new year. Um, right. So we're if you're not in the group already, be sure to join. Uh, a lot of great conversations and resources happening there. Roger, thank you again, and we'll be back. I'll be back with you sometime in Season 11. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Dustin. 
Thank you for listening in this week. If you like what you heard, be sure to let us know. You can find us on social media as Board Gaming with Education or BGE Games, or email us at podcast at boardgamingwitheducation.com. If you want to support our podcast, be sure to check out our support page on our website. As always, teach better, learn more, and most importantly, play more. Thank you for listening, and until next time. 